Hey everybody, welcome to episode 38 of Two Views Movies Podcast. What's up everybody, welcome back to Two Views Movies Podcast, a spoiler-filled podcast by two guys who love watching movies almost as much as we love arguing about them. I'm Garrett. And I'm Carson. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about Sicario, Day of the Soldado. So before we go into this, though, can we just make a rule that we're just going to call this Sicario 2 or Soldado? Let's just pick one for the whole rest of the podcast so that we can... Sicario 2. You want to call it that? So yeah. when we're referencing Sicario 1, we have Sicario 1, Sicario 2? Yeah. Okay. Sicario 2 it is. If you don't know, Sicario 2 is about... FBI agent Matt Graver from the first movie, played by Josh Brolin, teams up with operative Alejandro Gillick, which is Benicio, also from the first movie, to prevent Mexican drug cartels from smuggling terrorists across the U.S. border. It's directed by Stefano Solima, who is an Italian director with no big credits to his name whatsoever. And the cast, who we've already mentioned, is Josh Brolin and Benicio Del Toro. There's a few other people sprinkled throughout, but not really anything worth mentioning. Those poor people. I mean, you, you know some of them, but right? I mean, <laughs> I know. Like Catherine Keener's in it, but she's not even, like, she didn't have the big enough part to even say Matthew Modine's in it. But again, yeah. when you're only on screen for three or four minutes, it's not worth mentioning. So I think the first place to start with this movie is the opening of it uh, for a bunch of different reasons. So Kansas City gets a shout out. Yeah, Kansas City gets a really shitty shout out. <laughs> <laughs> they jump to the border. And they show people crossing, and the border agents find three prayer rugs, Muslim prayer rugs. And then they cut to Kansas City. Well, a guy also. Well, yeah, a guy guy detonates himself too. But yeah. But they cut to Kansas City, and then you see terrorist guys walking into a grocery store, and they set off suicide bombs there. I'm giving the Cliff's Notes version of it. Right. The, The setup there is that. Islamic terrorists are crossing through the Mexican border and they made their way to the heartland of the country and detonated suicide bombs here in our backyard. Right. And I think they picked Kansas City because we're right in the middle. And yeah. So, so that shows, oh, they can get anywhere. Right. If we're, they can get to Kansas City, they can get to anywhere in the yeah. country. So and we're, we're flyover country. So, you know, it's, yeah, if they're hitting the heartland, then they're really going after us. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so my, I had a couple of thoughts on on that. One was, I'll dive right into the politics of it. I mean, there's a lot of sensitivity around the border right now Mm -hmm. and who, what kind of people are really coming across and what we're doing with them when they do come across. So I thought that this movie wading into that topic was sensitive at the time. And especially if you're trying to paint the fact that people coming across are, are terrorists. And I mean, there's really never been any proof that we've seen, I guess, of that happening. So you're kind of... I don't know. It almost feels like you're stoking some flames a little bit, like you're purposely trying to be inflammatory by putting that in the opening. And I didn't think it was overly necessary, especially how the movie played out, which might be harder for us to talk about until we get there later. But I get why they did it. You want that abrasive opening scene. I think it harkened back to Sicario 1, where Emily Blunt finds all those bodies in the wall of the house. Mm -hmm. I think this was Sicario 2's version of that. I think. Sure. I mean, you have to have a, a place that, that starts it all. Yeah. And so, and and I think they, they use that 
in a yes, it's a political. You think it's one side that's telling the story, and then by the time we get to the end, you know it it shows you that's the other side. Yeah, they do. But my problem with that was that like you did a whole scene of a suicide bomber, people crossing the border, uh, suicide bombing the grocery store in Kansas City. So you're putting all this weight on the fact that terrorists are getting across the border and then you have a follow-up scene about how josh brolin knows that that's what the cartels are doing now because that's how they're making their money is smuggling terrorists across the border so you spend all this time establishing that and then later on in the movie you throw it away with uh, a, a five second line from katherine keener that those people really weren't terrorists or they were but they were homegrown they were citizens they weren't crossing from the border yeah, those are the bombers. Yeah, they weren't. Yeah, so that was my problem was that you, I know you get it, you use that bombing moment in Kansas City to establish what's going to happen with Roland and Benicio to go down to Mexico and everything, but there's all this emphasis put on that, and then later on it's just like, oh yeah, well they weren't really terrorists, they were U.S. citizens, so just forget it now. We're shutting it all down. Well, it was more, well, I think both of those came at very crucial parts of the movie, so one is the motivation of knee-jerk reaction, we have to have a solution to this quickly. And so you call Roland, go do your thing, hunt these down and need answers. And so it's this, this bombing is not going to happen, which is a very United States thing to do, I sure. think, of acting first and then trying to figure it all out later. And then you find out that it's not what we thought. And so they're trying to, you know, disavow everybody involved. You know, I, I'm trying to get very far away from the whole situation. And so it turned the conflict against... Benicio. Yeah. And so I think I think they each had their place in this. And it to me it was very believable of that's how the government would have acted, uh, should that happen. Of yeah, we think it's this, and so we're gonna go after them. Oh, it wasn't them. Oop, we we weren't involved, that wasn't us. You know. At, at the yeah. Same- I agree with that, and I get that point. I guess my problem is that it's not it's not a procedural movie done from the viewpoint of the government where people are trying to figure out what the right answer or what the wrong answer is. So that's the that's what you're invested in is what the government's decision is. This one is you're just invested in Josh Brolin and Benicio Del Toro. So you've created this big weighty thing in the beginning and then you dismiss it three-fourths of the way through the movie. It just feels like it was just it felt like you were tackling a kind of sensitive political issue in this movie, but you were really only doing it to just get the ball rolling. And then you just kind of threw it away later on. So I could understand it if it was more like, if it was more like clear and present danger where you're getting like the Jack Ryan and the, the government and the heads trying to really all figure it out that that's all the background of this movie, not the foreground. The foreground is Benicio and Brolin. So you could have given them any kind of setup. Right. But that's, it's from their perspective. So is this thing going around them. So basically, if you take clear and present danger, but you tell it from Willem Dafoe's uh, perspective, you know that's what this movie is. And so it's the people on the ground that have to deal with all the the people that are giving them crap. You know, here are your orders. You know, so Brolin's like, okay, I got my orders, and then you you yank him away from me. He's like, wait, now I have to clean up the mess that you started. Yeah, and and so it's, it's more of that's all happening around them, but we're still telling the story of basically these two guys. Yeah, but to me, it's a problem of emphasis. You're never really emphasizing their motives in this movie. It's all background, right? Like, if that's going to be something that you set up so heavy, and that's going to be your approach where you're trying to show that the government acts this way and does things this way, and then they back things out, that's never the focal point of the movie. It's always in the background, even when you're following the characters. It's just it's just a way to get Benicio and Brolin from one conflict to the other. Well, I think you have to be able to justify the 
taking the gloves off, if you will, the willingness to do anything to find an answer. Yeah, but you could have done that without the terrorist plot at all. You could have given, think, you could have given them it, any other thing to do. I think invest the audience in, in something that, yeah, we want to find these guys, payback or whatever. I don't you think know. so. And so you think... I think they, they just want to, they want to see Benicio and Brolin go tear apart cartels like they did in the first one. Well, sure. Yeah. So you could I mean, have given them any motivation to do that. But I think, you know, finding all those bodies, you know, in the first Sicario was, gosh, this was a... Yeah. It, it just set the stage for this is a horrendous person, right. cartel organization that did this, that right. that makes sense that we're now going, going after them. Yep. Same idea here. And so, like you said, it's done the, the same idea of, yeah, you know, but, so when they call in, so the next scene, which is one of my favorite scenes, the interrogation scene over in Somalia is Brolin with a beard and long hair. He's looked awesome and ripped from Thanos, I guess, <laughs> and Cable. Um, but he's, uh, he's interrogating a guy and shows him a little, the screen of this is where your family's at in your house. And the guy doesn't talk and he blows him up. And then... Shows in the little car driving, saying, "You have another brother. You know he's in that car. And how many brothers do you have? And when am I going to find one that you care about? You know, you're. If we didn't have that scene of the terrorists blowing up Kansas City, you know, that that almost justifies Brolin's actions in trying to find not that blowing up anybody. To, to sure, find, but it's uh, you're on the same." wavelength of he's responsible for all those deaths in Kansas City so it's okay to justify whatever it is he's doing. Yeah, see, and it just didn't work like that for me because it felt like the you want to think of that when you do that kind of setup, you're not really looking to blame the cartels even though that's who they tell you you should be blaming because they're the one letting them across the border, so you're going to fight the cartels as opposed to the terrorists. And I don't think there's they don't paint that direct link. They tell you, well, the the cartels are letting the terrorists through. But when you see that move, that scene in the beginning of the movie, you want to find the terrorists responsible, you know, that network. And I, it wasn't like they gave you a whole lot of background or took you on any kind of journey to say the, the cartels, here's how they're doing it. And here's why. And that's why we need to go choke them out. It's like a one or two sentence thing. So for me, it's like, it's like two layers removed. It's, we need a reason to go attack cartels because this is Sicario, so let's take terrorism and tie it to the cartels. And now we're going to forget all about the terrorism after the first 10 or 15 minutes of the movie, and we're just going after the cartels. So then it feels like Sicario 1 going after cartels all over again. You you really lose sight of the fact that it was all done because of the events of the beginning of the movie. They They don't bring terrorism back up at all through the whole rest of the movie. It's just the first 10 or 15 minutes. No, that's not true, because that's why they had the, the shift from Benicio. Is we are wrong. We gotta get out of there. No, what I'm yes, but if you have a terrorist attack in the United States, and there are people in theory coming into the United States, how do we stop those types of people from coming in, and then find out where the rest of them are? No, and so I, we stop the more people coming in. So that's what they were doing: is they're getting boated over by Somali pirates dropped off, and the cartels are taking them across. So they're trying to stop that supply yes. line. Oh, I get it. I, I followed it. I'm just telling you that the movie doesn't do a good job of keeping you invested in that initial plot line. After the first 10 or 15 minutes, all you care is that they're going after cartels. So to me, that mm -hmm. that device could have been anything else in the first 15 minutes of the movie. It didn't need to be terrorism. That's all I'm saying, is that the audience loses sight of that after 10 or 15 minutes. They don't even care until later on when you say, 
like you just said, they have the Catherine Keener scene where she's like, oh, we were wrong. Now you two have to clean this mess up and or Roland, you have to clean this mess up. And that means you have to go be enemies with Benicio. So it's the first 10 or 15 minutes and a one liner later on in the movie. That's the only thing that has to deal with terrorism. Everything else is Sicario drug dealer conflict in between. And it's about a kidnapped drug dealer's daughter it has nothing to do with the terrorism angle. Well, the again, the idea of the movie is for them to uh, start a war between the cartels so they fight each other. Yes. And so hopefully they, they end each other so we don't have to type, type of right. move so, that they're doing there. Yeah, so not to belabor the point, and I'll just wrap it up with this. My My thing was that that's a very politicized thing that it tried to do with Sicario 2 with a terrorism angle. And if they're going to do it, I would have rather them just committed to it. But instead, it felt like that's just some kind of jumping off point to then just go battle cartels again like we did in Sicario 1. So you have an entire drug lord cartel American conflict, and you took that and you put terrorism in the first 10 or 15 minutes and then a one-liner later in the movie to throw it away to move the conflict a little bit more. So I guess that's why I'm saying that well, you didn't need that angle. Well, they, they used that. They use that to declare the cartels terrorists. So they opened up their goodie bag of now I can go do whatever. Yeah, but there's a, all I'm saying is there's a million different ways to do that. So if you're going to... And if they didn't do that, you know, declare them terrorists, you'd be here citing policy of why we couldn't have done what they did in, in Mexico. Oh, no, I don't and... care about like that. In the movie. <laughs> I didn't care what happened. I didn't... When I watched Sicario <laughs> 1 again, you know, they have Emily Blunt there because she has to be a department... Uh, what is it? The CIA can't operate inside the borders without a domestic agency. Fine, whatever. I don't care. I don't care what the rules are. Show me who knows that rule. That you show have to... <laughs> me Benicio killing people brutally. Right. That's what I want to see. Right, and that and that's getting to the the crux of the movie. Is we got a trailer that said Benicio, no rules this time. You're off the leash. You know you can do whatever it is that you want. Start a war with everybody, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And we didn't get that. No, not at all. We didn't get Benicio. You know what it felt released. like? It felt like how every TV show in season two or every sequel of a movie takes the people that you like and splits them up and then doesn't give you what you want. Like, because it thinks that what it should do in a second movie or second season is take everything that you loved and split it apart and make it all about them getting back together. Like, Guardians of the Galaxy, half those guys get split up the whole movie. We talked about in The Last Jedi, they took uh, Ray and Finn and, Finn, and yeah. split them up. Stranger Things Season 2, took the kids and split them up. Like, why? Why? That That's why I'll give John Wick credit, of course. But what they give you in John Wick 2? They, they just let John keep killing. Well, John can't split from himself. No, but the other thing would be, I, I was more comparing that to... So Benicio, you do see Benicio in this movie, and you do split him up from Josh Brolin, which would have been fine. Would anybody have cared if they split him up if he was just out killing people? Right. But, yeah, watching Benicio in this movie is like watching John Wick only shoot a gun like three times. What's what's the point? Yeah, he could have been any other guy on that mission until he hopped out and went to go hunt her down. Yeah. You know, and, and after that, I don't think he killed anybody. No. No. Right? I, he, he didn't. I don't even think he drew his. He killed the one guy at the truck. And that's it. Yeah. And, I mean, he got the one guy at the beginning of the movie, the one that no, was on I'm, the trailer. I'm, I'm saying they were, uh, yeah. 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 I, was, I was just going for overall Benicio body count. I, the, a the, couple. Yeah. The, the cool gunshot that you, you yeah. were talking about. <laughs> it's totally impractical, but really cool. Yeah. When he was gunning down the lawyer. Yeah. yeah. So the, I agree with you. That was my 
biggest complaint about this movie was I, I felt like with Brolin, they they let him be who he was in the first movie. He seemed like kind of the same guy. But you're lying to yourself if you saw Sicario 1 and did not want a whole movie of just Benicio. I mean, this guy killed An entire family. a drug dealer's kids and wife in front of him and then killed the drug dealer. That's Kaiser Soze stuff. Right. That's that's not messing around. That's not a guy who has heart. That is a ruthless killer. And then what you get in this movie is no killing, and now he's got a soft spot for a random girl that got kidnapped. Ah. It was frustrating. It was very frustrating. She reminded him of his daughter. That's the lamest hacky movie technique anyway. He, it would be fine if he hadn't killed two kids and a wife in front of the guy's <laughs> In front of the dad and husband in the first movie. He was very emotional in that one. Well, but he even commented in the first one that Emily Blunt reminded him of his daughter. So just, He didn't kill her either. Does every female remind him of his daughter? <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> Except the drug dealer's wife from Sicario 1. Yeah, I agree with you. They did not do right by Benicio in this movie. I think people wanted to see him go completely nuts, and we didn't get that. I thought his motivations for why he all of a sudden cared about the young girl. So I guess we've kind of glossed over this. You mentioned the way that they want the cartels to fight each other is to basically stir the pot and make them fight each other. So they devised this plan to go kidnap one of the main cartel guys' daughters. And it, frame the other one. And frame the other cartel. So Benicio, Josh Brolin, all those guys, they kidnap her even though she doesn't know it's them that does it because they stay covered. And then they do a pretty cool thing where mm-hmm. they take her to a safe house and then Benicio goes outside, chills there for like 30 minutes, puts on his DEA clothes, and then breaks back into the house to act like he's rescuing her. So they were kidnappers and rescuers. Oh, I felt like they were there a lot longer than 30 minutes. And, and so, Editing-wise, so, it was... Shorter than that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But the, um, the idea about the, him feeling for her is he spent a lot more time with this girl than he did the girl sitting at the table that he got Oh, down. sure. And so maybe... And I'm playing devil's advocate here, but maybe that the time he spent with her, you know, made him more sympathetic because he was with her for a solid couple of days before they were off on their own. Yeah. And I mean, some stuff happens, right? I mean, yes, he did have daughters and he knows sign language because one of his daughters was deaf. There's all these things that they're trying to give Benicio heart in more this movie. depth. Yeah. And I think, I think that was one of my problems was in the first movie, Brolin and him are bad guys, but they work for us. Yeah. That's how I would put it. In this movie, they tried, in Sicario 2, they tried to make them anti-heroes. That's a, there's a big difference. There's a big difference between a bad guy, a hired gun who works for you and does bad things, and it just so happens that it lines up with your ideology at that time, versus an anti-hero who does bad things, but they have a heart of gold, and, you know, they're really good, but they've been corrupted some way. And I felt like both with Rowan and especially with Benicio, they tried to make that shift in this movie. And for me personally, that's not what I wanted. I wanted Benicio to stay a stone cold killer. I don't need him to be the guy with the heart of gold. I don't care. I, I wanted him to be the guy who, when he lost his family, everything was gone for him and he just doesn't care anymore. And I feel like that's the tone they set when he killed the family in the first movie. But now they were really trying hard for both him and Rowan via this girl to backtrack and be softer anti-heroes well brolin never killed kids no but you got the impression that he's like a merc for hire and that he wouldn't have really cared really what happened to an asset one way or the other 
but in this movie, he now has a soft spot for both Benicio and the girl. Yeah. Well, I just got that they've done a lot of a lot of stuff together. He didn't make him seem expendable in the first one. No, I just that's what I felt like the tone was setting, and I would have rather they care. Like if you're going to meet them and make Benicio and Roland try to go head to head, I would rather them go head to head over being who's the bigger bad guy than but, who's but got the, the okay, softer but, spot. But how would that end? That's what I'm. Oh, I don't and, care because I was trying to. I was like, how is this? Rocky three. How is this ending? That's you how know? you end it. <laughs> they both shoot at the same time and we just cut. <laughs> just cut. We're left wondering who won. Because I'm like, okay, am I, am I rooting? I mean, one of them has to die because either Benicio is going to hunt down Roland for coming after him or they're going to kill Benicio. Yeah. And, and so I kept wondering how they're going to do that. But and now I feel like it's going to be the whole, like, we'll just pat each other on the back. Ah, I knew they sent you to get me, and yeah, I knew I'd get you when you came. Ah, and give each other a noogie and share a beer. Well, I don't think Benicio is going after Brolin in the third one. No, but... I, I think he's taking out the senator and even that, whatever her title, what, what was she? Some yeah. Special agent sure. in charge. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, and I don't, I don't know that it'll be like that either, but I guess I'm saying that the way they're going with number two is that they softened everybody up so much that it's going to have some stupid, shiny, happy ending where both Brolin and Benicio team up to take down the center. They take down the government, and then they just go off riding off in the sunset together. I bet they both die together. Or that. But, but, what, but, but yeah, it's, it's not going to be... But you, would you rather they're have... Good, but they're going to feel bad about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's not what we want. Oh, I know. I know. I think it, it took a, a direction that I didn't want it to go with, with Benicio especially. I thought Brolin fit okay. Yeah, um, but, Roland was fine until he had a soft spot for the girl. I just didn't want either of these guys to have soft spot, soft spots because that's not the impression I got from Sicario 1 at all. Well, at the point to where you got the girl, it didn't make any sense to, to kill her. No, but you could have probably gotten rid of her a different way. Like you, At some point later on in the movie, Benicio and her are captured by human traffickers and they recognize who the girl is, that she's the daughter of one of the big cartel guys. So they could have had those guys take her and try to offer for money or give her back for money or sell her to the other cartel for money. You could have gotten the girl out of the picture without it becoming Leon, the professional is where we're at now with Benicio and the girl. No women, no children. Yeah. <laughs> Although I say that, but the girl, Josh Brolin, I guess got the girl back across the border. Is that how that yeah, ended? Witness protection. Yeah, I couldn't remember. I, it, I think that was just a big middle finger to the government. Yeah. He was mad that they made him do he, that. He was. He didn't yeah. want to do what they said, and so he went off. That was, he, he says it exactly. He's like, I'm right. tired of whatever. I don't know. It, it kind of got cliched, too. That I have a lot of problems with this movie. If you see, I, I enjoyed it a lot, but I would have rather have seen different things happen. So I, I enjoyed Roland, I enjoyed Benicio throughout the, throughout the whole movie. Yes, I missed Emily Blunt, but I thought it was a good movie as a standalone. Yeah. I thought it was a good standalone movie as a sequel to Sicario, and I haven't seen that in about a year. So I'm trying to, I know you watched it, what, a day before you saw this? Mm -hmm. and, and so that was fresh of style and, you know, everything there. Again, I, I think this does stand alone well, but again, as a sequel, maybe not. Yeah, I think that's fair. Speaking of Emily Blunt, I assume they had to rewrite a lot heading into this. I don't see where her character would have fit in this script. Like, there's not somebody playing the Emily Blunt role. Was she supposed to be in this? 
I don't, well, see, that's what I'm saying. I don't know how early in the process she had to bow out from this. Oh, I didn't know she was ever a part of it. Yeah, well, they wanted her to be in it, is what I read, but she had filming conflicts, so she couldn't do it. But I don't know how early in that process was. I guess my point was that, one, there's no clear Emily Blunt role here, just played by somebody else. Right. And two, I don't really see how, with this story, she would have had a role. I mean, I guess it would be interesting to see. You can always shoehorn people in, but there's not a, a gap there where you're like, oh, Emily Blunt could have done this. So it's probably one of those that... Let's attach you to the project before there's a script. Possibly. And then, okay, you're not involved. Okay, I'm not going to... Yeah. We're going to build it somewhere else. Yeah. And so the other thing is, I, I felt like... And we've talked... We've kind of bounced all over the place, but the writing to me just didn't feel as tight as Sicario one. Like things... It just felt a little looser and sloppier, especially the last act. Like I just... I didn't really like anything that happened in the last act of the movie. It was just all kind of okay one of my big issues just i hate it when movies do this but there's a scene where benicio's captured at the border or not at the border trying to get to the border and the cartel we've completely sorry we have completely left off the kid that we follow kind of through the whole movie who's lives in a border town i forget which one and he's Mm -hmm. a gets a job as a coyote yeah as a trafficker he recognizes Benicio. He rats him out. They take him to this pit, and Benicio gets shot in the head. So you're led the, to believe in the face, yeah, in the face. You're led to believe that Benicio dies, but I don't think anybody truly believed that. My issue, movie logic wise, was Benicio survives because the bullet went in one cheek and out the other, and I don't understand how that could have remotely happened given how he was laying and how the kid was pointing the gun at him. Cause well, see, as soon as they shot him, I thought it, that's exactly what happened. Oh well, yeah. I mean, I saw that it was not up in the head. It was right, down on the, the face. Cheek. So if he was going to live, I just, you know, half of me was like, Oh, maybe that's just, they're being stupid with how they shot that scene. And the other half was like, okay, that was in the mouth. But <laughs> at the end of the movie, you see Benicio and he doesn't even look all that disfigured. He's literally, he's got like two little puncture wounds, but you couldn't do that. I mean, you'd have to have your mouth like he would have had to have been laying on the ground with his jaw open as wide as possible. And the guy would have had to have been pointing his gun like directly perpendicular at his cheek to get the bullet to pass through that without like just destroying his whole jaw and teeth and everything. I think you'd be surprised what they can do with plastic surgery these days. Yeah. Well, he clearly had all of his teeth and jaw intact because we see him talking at the end of the movie. Fake teeth, fake jaw. Yeah. I just, that was a little bit too much for me that, like, really, we're going to have him get shot like that and still survive? I was okay with that. I actually thought what they did with the kid jumping off the truck, I thought he was going to go back and free Benicio. Oh, yeah. And that, I felt guilty about, about but, doing that. But he would have thought that his, I mean, he would not have thought he was alive. Well, once he started flaring about. What? Once Benicio started flaring about, I just thought he was going to go back and like look at well, him. And I had a problem with the distance of everything. Did you have this problem, too? Because uh, they drive away. And Benicio, so that the, the drug dealers all drive away after they shoot him in a car, and it's it's nighttime when they shoot him, and then it's daytime when Josh Brolin's helicopter comes in and intercepts the drug dealer car, and there's a whole big shootout, and eventually Benicio undoes himself from the tape, walks to the mm-hmm. car. It seems like he gets to the car in like fifty steps, but I got the impression that they drove way farther away than that. Yeah, and I got yeah, I got the impression that they were driving further. 
But also, we didn't need to see Benicio no. w- walk for six it, miles it, to get to there. I, my my point with all that is just like there's some really movie logic things in there in that last scene between Benicio getting shot and how far he has to walk, and then he like kind of passes out while he's driving and wrecks into a pole, but then just immediately starts driving again. It's just it's just some really weird things to put at the end of the movie. I thought <laughs> just dumb movie logic, but I didn't I did not like the fact that he got shot and they bring him back. Like, I, I just, I just, I don't know. I've seen too many movies. I, I don't like that. I mean, you might as well have had when the kid was standing there pointing his gun at Benicio, you might as well have had the helicopter come up over the ridge and shoot him at the same time. If we're going to be cliched about which this. Which is what, you know, you kind of uh, think was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I did too. But I mean, if you're going to be cliched about things and fake a death or, you know, he's shooting my, my all time most hated one after watching movies my whole life is the, you know, I'm pointing the gun at you and the gun, a gun, goes off and of course it's me getting shot not you right I can't stand that but this well, is a close second like, well let's i have pretend to kill well, the guy. I, well while we're on the top i hate that i'm pointing my gun at you and then yes the helicopter comes up over the horizon and then for some reason i still don't shoot you you yeah. you run away <laughs> yeah. or start before, shooting <laughs> before i can start shooting <laughs> or start shooting at the helicopter right let's <laughs> not shoot the guy who's my mortal lim- enemy right in front of you yeah you know it's i hate that and not to mention <laughs> the fact that you i could hear a helicopter at my house right now coming from probably 15 miles away so <laughs> Okay. Yeah, and and one more while we're on the helicopters over the horizon. But when planes dip below the horizon, yeah, and then they magically come back up. You know, I I, I hate that. Yeah, I hate that in movies. I hate all the movies that do that. <laughs> you, know, you see them going down. Oh, they must have crashed. Yeah. you know, it's like boom, and right. then here they are again. That's terrible. Same thing with like, the hero jumping off the cliff. You know, like I mean, how many movies does that happen where like the guy jumps off the edge of a building or a cliff or something, and you're like, oh, "Did he uh, die?" They and both then, died, and but no, he's still hanging there. Yeah, he's still hanging there, or something catches. Like I'm thinking Back oh. to the Future Two, <laughs> where the DeLorean raises up. But there's a few movies that have done that too. Like, oh, it's he landed on top of this flying. I'm about to deviate dramatically on this. <laughs> have you heard the Back to the Future theory of where Marty keeps dying and Doc comes back to save him? Oh, I don't think I've heard that. I think at Back to the Future 2, when Doc appears and, and saves him within the DeLorean and drops the the uh, flags. Okay. It's because Marty died there and, then, and a few minutes later, but he comes back before Marty dies and saves him. Uh-uh, I haven't heard yeah, that theory. There, there's, a, there's a couple spots where, they keep saying, where, Marty, where Doc keeps going back and to save Marty. Hmm, I'll have to check that out. But... Yeah, that just reminded me of that. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to check that one out. <laughs> All right, so what did you end up rating it and why? I gave it a three. I think I've talked a little bit about everything, but just as a recap, it lacked a lot of the polish and tightness that the first Sicario had. First Sicario, I think, benefited a lot from a good cinematographer and a great director, and this movie had neither. Everything in Sicario 1 felt like it was driving towards something. It was pulse pounding and there was not a lot of wasted plot or time or energy. Whereas I think Sicario 2 had a lot of bloat to it. It wasn't as tight. It wasn't filmed as well. So I think that that hurt this movie a lot. I did read online that the director was changing the script on the fly as they were going. I saw that too. Because the guy who wrote this wrote Sicario 1 and Hell or High Water and I think a few other movies. So he's he's a pretty competent writer and it, it can never be good, I guess, when you're changing stuff on the fly. So I felt like when I read that, it was like, okay, that makes sense. I could kind of see where some stuff was going off wire a little bit, off wire. I could kind of see where some stuff was going off kilter a little bit. So 
it's not a bad movie. You you said something earlier that I completely agree with. It feels like a standalone movie. Probably would have been fine as a standalone movie. May have even liked it a little bit more as a standalone movie. As a sequel to Sicario, I felt it was eh, very eh. One of the things I said in my Letterboxd review was that it didn't feel like a sequel to a movie that just happened a year or two ago, or I guess two or three years ago. It felt like something that maybe happened 10 years ago and you're trying to start new in that same world and you're just going to try and make a movie in the Sicario world and you don't really care how good it is. You just kind of want to get back in that world. That's what this felt like as opposed to a really good sequel. So what was your favorite moment? Uh, the Dusty Road ambush. It's it's a kind of a rip off the Sicario 1 scene where they're going to capture or they drive down across the border to get the drug dealer out of prison and bring him back, but they get caught at the border and have a gunfight in this one they're trying to go take the girl back to mexico and drop her off and they get ambushed on the way i mean same overhead shots same everything so that was my favorite scene there's one of the few true action scenes you get out of this movie so what what would you change that's one thing you would change about this i i think we beat this one over the head but it's what everybody wanted you gotta don't give benicio any heart and have him be a killing machine so a theater or a couch movie? It's a couch movie. I would not go to the theater to see it. So would you pay for it or would you wait for it to be free? Nope. Wait for it to show up on Netflix or Amazon or HBO or something. Don't even pay a rental fee for it. Wow. Popcorn or art house movie? Uh, it's definitely a popcorn movie, which oddly enough, I would actually say Sicario 1. Is, I probably, If I was forced to choose between the two, I would say it was an art house movie. It's done very, very well very well made which is which would make me tip it over to the side on that one so an oscar or a razzie oh a razzie for sure if you liked what you would like this movie i referenced this earlier and it's it's kind of a weird one but clear and present danger i read a comment on letterboxd and somebody said that going from sicario 1 to sicario 2 was like first blood trying to get to rambo first blood part 2 but they landed somehow at clear and present danger like it was trying to go action movie i think but it somehow landed at this half kind of action half government procedural type thing so it really i kept trying to think about what movie it reminded me of and i think clear and present danger is actually really good although i would say it skews more on the action side of clear and present danger where clear and present danger skewed a little bit more on the jack ryan government side of it so what'd you rate it and why i get a four uh i really enjoyed it again i'm i'm about a year removed from sicario I thought Brolin did fantastic. I like Benicio. I wish again his character was different, but you know Brolin just has me right now. I'm I'm not sure you could put him in, you know, Mamma Mia two, and I wouldn't love it. You know, j- just just for the fact that he's in it. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm not sure. Have uh, you seen that White tailed Deer movie that he's in on Netflix that just came out with, nope. Danny, with Danny McBride? Like a, I think it just came out like a week ago or so. No, but no. I'm about to. Okay. Just letting you know what's out <laughs> there. I have no idea what it is, but I'll, but I'll go watch it now. All right. But no, I just think, like I said, I think it's a standalone movie. I think it, it, it does well. It has, um, I think everybody acted well in it, and I followed it followed it pretty well. So I gave it a four. Four is too high for this movie. And nope. I think you'll lower it, especially when you see it again, but especially when you watch Sicario. That could be. I, I'm anxious to see the, the second viewing of this one from your perspective. I won't watch it again. I have no no desire. See, the, I mean, the whole movie, I still wanted more. And so I'm sitting there watching, and I was still fully invested in the entire movie. And so I 
I enjoyed it. Yeah, I it completely was, was not. I only wanted more because they didn't give me what they were supposed to in this one. <laughs> so what was your favorite moment? Was uh, the Brolin's opening scene when he's interrogating the guy in Somalia. I thought everything about that was fantastic. Did you notice the water jugs? Yeah, well, well that's what he said. He goes, that's for when we're following the rules or something like that. That's when we're, yeah. we're in America. That's right. He did that's, make that's when we're torturing you, but not torturing you. Yeah. Something, something like that. Which is a great like running thing in Sicario because they never explained what in the hell Benicio was going to do with that in the first one. Yeah. He brings it in. You're like, what is going to happen with this? And they kind of same thing here. They allude to whatever happens with this water bottle. I mean, it could just be waterboarding for all I know. Well, but... That's what he said. You're going to waterboard me? Oh, okay. And then that's when Brolin said, that's what we do when, yeah, but I got, when we're not actually torturing I got torturing the impression from like Sicario 1 that it was something much more sinister than waterboarding. <laughs> I don't know, because he brings that in, and I don't know if you remember this in Sicario 1, but he brings the water bottle in, and then he stands there with his crotch right in the bad guy's face. <laughs> I, do, I do remember this. that. Yeah. It's such a power move. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, what's one thing you would change? Yeah, I'd make Benicio more of a badass that he was in the first one yeah for somebody who loves kaiser soze like you do like oh he's finster benicio was <laughs> well on that path of yeah. like a modern take on a border crossing kaiser soze and yeah. then they just didn't do it theater or couch this is a theater movie I, I really enjoyed it and i think the action scenes and the like you mentioned the the uh dusty road ambush i think that's all great great to you see think it that's in a theater a, you think that's enough to get people who are listening to this podcast that are on the fence about it to to go see it in theater? Oh, I think so. Oh, man. I don't know. I think that's, I gave it I a that's, four because I, I enjoyed advice. the movie. Yeah, you can give it a four and still say that it doesn't need to be seen in the theater. None of these need to be. It's just better in the theater. <sighs> I disagree on that one. I, I well, do clearly because you said couch. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm but, saying uh, theater. I'm, I'm vehemently disagreeing. <laughs> No, what? You strenuously? Yes. Thank you. I strenuously object. <laughs> oh, well, you strenuously object. <laughs> I wonder how many people will get that quote. All right. So I assume I know the answer to this one, but are you telling people to pay for it or wait for it to be free? It's worth paying for. Okay. Popcorn movie or art house film? It's a popcorn movie. Oscar or Razzie? It's closer to an Oscar. I'd give it an Oscar. I don't see anything for about what? it. That Brolin. I mean, I don't. There, there's nothing in there that would say Razzie to me. Yeah. Agree to disagree. Well, what in there would be a Razzie? And what are you giving it a Razzie for? I didn't really think any of the acting was all that great. I mean, it was fine, but it's it's if I had to pick whether it's bad or good, I would say it's just bad. What? Yeah, I mean... It, Get it, out of here. It, I didn't really think any of the editing was all that good. The cinematography wasn't all that good. It's just It was just a very, very bland experience for me. Have you seen the movies that get Razzies? No, I know, but we're making this a binary thing. You so gave you it a three, which is an above average movie. Uh, it's average for me, right? It's on the it's on the I forget it's you on don't the good what, side of average. What average? Two and means. a half is on the bad side <laughs> of average. So yeah, but it, I still would not in any world give this an Oscar. If you were putting a gun to my head and said, "Give this an Oscar or a Razzie," but give it a Razzie. <laughs> yeah, why would someone put a gun? I don't know. And ask you that question. I don't know. Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, if you liked Blank, you would like this movie. If you like Sicario, that's you'd a like this miserable answer because you already like these two characters and uh, follow them on. No, no. I think if you like Sicario, you're less likely to like this movie. 
You said so no. yourself. It feels less like a good sequel to Sicario, more like a standalone movie. So then why would you say that Sicario would be a good... If you like Sicario, you could like this movie. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think... The, I think the fact that I, I like... I like Sicario. I think the I fact like that movie. I like Sicario makes me like this movie less because of what they did with it. Well, that's you. That's me. But that's why I disagree. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps it up for Sicario 2, a.k.a. Sicario, Day of the Soldado, a.k.a. Crappy Sicario. (laughs) (laughs) As usual, reach out to us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, Definitely go rate us in the podcast store and subscribe if you haven't already. And anytime you want, you can reach out to us at twoviewsmovies at gmail.com. Go listen to old episodes at twoviewsmovies.com, and we'll catch you next time. 